0: How do I say goodbye to what we have They have great identity. They're national brands.
1: You found somebody, haven't you? You wanted a boss! Say it! Oklahoma State's not going to change what you do, because Oklahoma chose to go to the SEC. They need to change what they do, because they're the ones that made their mind up to go to the SEC. What is this? What? What Robert is trying to say is that we are getting
0: a divorce. Do this? No. No. I gotta say, I could have called this one. No. Yeah. Is it our fault? Is, is yeah. it
1: because we were bad? Please don't, Bradley. Please
2: don't. All Oklahoma had to do was not go to the SEC.
0: So, it is what it is. And in Oklahoma's case, I think they were more of what I would call uh, the reluctant bride.
2: Financially, it's the only responsible thing to do. Uh, bottom line, we carried the league financially. us uh, in Texas with TV money and whatnot. We accelerated Texas and OU withdrawal,
0: which was a win-win for all parties.
1: It's time for one last countdown and a final ride with the Big 12. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it sucked.
0: We kicking this thing <laughs> off.
1: Here we go. Live! From the Palace in Piedmont, it's the T Row in the Morning Show Top 25 Countdown brought to you by Carter Jennings Law. Now, with today's team, here's the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. It is time
0: for the countdown. We are two thirds of the way through this thing, folks. Woo-hoo! Going all the way to number eight today in the most inaccurate and unnecessary Top 25 college football ranking in America. As always, we like to remind you of the teams so far, just in case you are just now joining us. We started uh, over three weeks ago now at number 25 with Texas Tech. South Carolina came in at number 24. At 23, Drake May and the North Carolina Tar Heels were our 23rd ranked team. They get the Gamecocks in week one in Charlotte. Then it was Texas A&M at 22. Have you watched the Johnny Manziel documentary yet
1: not yet i've seen the preview of it and stuff it looks pretty good but i've not watched it yet
0: i enjoyed it it is i don't know if i'd say shocking because it's pretty much exactly what you expected from johnny football uh-huh but yet at the same time you're like i mean this kid it's it's sad it's really sad like he just had no ability at all to discipline himself right he just you know he just Wild, completely just didn't control care. yeah he didn't watch any film. He didn't. He just didn't try. He'd, all he cared about was partying and being a frat boy. So it's sad. I mean, you know, in a Texas A&M way. Arkansas 21. Kentucky was at 20. Ole Miss at 19. At 18. Those Texas Longhorns were our 18th-ranked team. Quinn Muir's, like Morgan Wallen, has shaved his head. TCU 17. <laughs> Don't upset
1: the girls that are listening today. I know. I'm sorry. Stop ladies. it.
0: Washington was at 16. The purple run continued with Kansas State, our 15th-ranked team. We went out west again then to Oregon at 14. At 13, uh, that fight song teeds. Come on now. Notre Dame at 13. Sam Hartman there to lead the Irish this year at quarterback. Penn State 12. The Sooners came in at number 11 for us. USC 10. And yesterday at 9. The Utah Utes. We're our number nine ranked team, the two-time defending Pac-12 champions. Bill Riley joined us to talk more Utah football. Will Cam Rising be ready for the season opener or not? That's the question in Utah. Which brings us to today, the number eight ranked team in the T-Row in the morning show, top 25 college football countdown is the Clemson Tigers. Come in at number eight. Hold that tiger. Clemson, our number eight ranked team out of the ACC, one of the two big boys in that conference this year expected to contend for the crown Clemson coming off a disappointing 11 and three season. That's where that program is right now. They started like gangbusters but finished rough uh in the final well they lost three of their final six including getting blown out at Notre Dame a uh, final season or final game of the regular season lost to their rivals South Carolina and then they took a pretty good drubbing in the Orange Bowl at the hands of Tennessee. So that caused some changes. Most notably they went out and got him a new play caller in Garrett Riley. they stole Riley from TCU. And he will now be calling plays for Cade Klubnik and that sporadic Clemson offense this year. We saw Klubnik a little bit last season. He came in with all kinds of praise and had some moments where he flashed. There's our favorite word again. But also had some moments where he looked pretty average, and that included the Orange Bowl. But he's got talent, and I do think Probably is going to be better than DJ Uyunglele, who has now headed out west. Uh, He's got Will Shipley at running back, very good running back. Uh, The passing game has to be better. That's been a problem for Clemson in the last two or three years. They've been able to run the ball, but haven't been able to throw it consistently. And uh, it has caused their offense to become you know, really average. They do return four of their five offensive line starters, so that's good, and it is intriguing to see what Garrett Riley brings. I think you got to believe they're going to be better. How much better on offense, I don't know. They're going to have to be significantly better to contend for a national championship, but their defense will likely be good enough that they will contend for the ACC championship, even if their offense is only a little bit better. Uh, The defense lost Brent Venables a couple of years ago, but they've still played good football, and they've got tremendous talent there. Uh, Might have the best linebacking duo in the country in Barrett Carter and Jeremiah Trotter. They've got a three-time all-ACC defensive tackle as well up front. In Tyler Davis, probably going to be a four-time after uh, this year. They've got a sixth-year defensive end in Xavier Thomas, who is a force. They've got a star in the secondary in Nate Wiggins. Really, every level of the defense, Clemson is talented, well-coached, and formidable. They will be very good on defense. The question for Clemson this year is, How much better can Garrett Riley make them on offense? And with Cade Klubnick now taking over 100% of the time, can Clemson get back to playing the kind of the football they were when they were winning national championships not very long ago? It's an interesting schedule. It's an ACC schedule, so it's not uh, overly daunting, but there are road bumps and an interesting opener. They get the Monday night opener on September 4th. Clemson on the road at Duke. Now, they'll be favored in that game. Duke is not in our top 25, but they're not a bad team. Tricky for a season opener when you're trying to probably put in a bunch of new stuff. I think they win it, but it will be an interesting opening Monday night game. The next two are layups. And then the battle for the ACC this year, the biggest game in the conference, will be Saturday, September 23rd, Clemson and Florida State. The game is in Clemson this year. Two top ten teams, the two favorites for the conference, go head-to-head in week four of the season. After that, potentially tricky trip to Miami in October. It's really a three-game stretch there at Miami, at NC State, Notre Dame at home. All three of those are potential stumbling blocks. And the fact that they're back-to-back-to-back will be difficult. No break in between. No bye weeks there. At Miami, at NC State, Notre Dame. They close out the season once again with their rivalry matchup against the Gamecocks. This time it will be at Williams-Brice Stadium in Columbia. On the road, so I mean, you look at that schedule and you say, "What games are they underdogs in?" Uh, I don't know if they are as of right now. Like they get Florida we'll see State at home. Florida State, it's at home though. Yeah, probably a slight favorite. Notre Dame will be Dame tough, but that's at home. That's at home. Mm-hmm. South Carolina on the road. I don't know. You will see at that point. But there are enough potential stumbling blocks that I think it's likely they lose at least one maybe two somewhere along the way, they will play for the ACC championship. If Garrett Riley can flip the switch for them immediately and this offense becomes dynamic, they're a contender for the playoff and a national championship. But put me in the seat to believe it, I think they're good. I'm not sure how much better the offense is, and I'm not sure if they're better than Florida State.
1: Clemson at eight, too high, too low, or just straight? Clemson fans are hoping you're too low. Um, if not, they may have to start be looking to uh, see where the direction of their program's going. I think you've got them just right. I don't know how fast they'll flip that offense with Garrett Riley. I think they'll be improved. I don't know how quickly. He'll get them to be in a, uh, a much better offense, high-scoring offense. So I'm going to say you've got them just right, but I think potentially, man, if they don't click right away on offense and things don't work out any better than what they were doing last year, they could potentially be a four-loss team, and they would be sitting outside, obviously, the top ten at that situation and and be much, uh, uh, you know, probably sitting... 15 to 20 somewhere in there as a three or four loss team by the end of the year. So I'll say just right based off the fact that I think Riley will improve them, but they're a, they're a question mark. I don't, I don't know that it's flipped so quick or that they bounce back so much this year that they're a national title contender. So I'm going to say you've got them just right. Yeah. Just outside, just outside the main contenders. In the mix for a while. They'll be in the discussion That North Carolina game will probably have some big consequences. Same with South Carolina at the end of the year for them. Um, So I'll say you've got them just right.
0: I'm a little colored by, you know, when I saw saw Klubnick last year, the few occasions that I saw him, he didn't look that impressive. Right. I know he is very highly thought of, and the experts feel like he can be a star if he is and maybe that'll be the case maybe a year under the you know his belt and he's the man now he comes out throwing darts everywhere and he he loves what garrett riley's offense looks like and how it fits him and i mean if that's the case watch out this could be a, a really dangerous team but i guess we'll see right i guess we'll see clemson at number 8 don munson has been on our show every year On the Clemson Countdown, play-by-play voice of the Tigers. Very nice man. He will join us at 7.35 to talk more about Dabo Sweeney's ball club this year. That's at 7.35 this morning. We'll take a break. We'll hit the Meyer Chevrolet text line next, 405-651-3439. If you want to shout at us today, we are 17 days away from the start of the Sooner football season. Back after this. Talking Clemson football today, and we welcome in friend of the show, play-by-play voice of the Tigers, Don Munson. Don, good morning to you. How are you today, sir?
2: Toby, I'm good. Maybe about the only people that appreciate you playing that Tiger Rag music, maybe the Venables family and Skowski <laughs> that are out there. That that may be about it.
0: <laughs> we all love a good fight song. We, we, we do have a bunch of Tigers uh, running around Norman here, so that's fun. Hey, I want to start with just kind of the conference stuff, and then we'll get into – this 2023 Clemson team but I mean it seems like we've kind of passed the deadline and, and maybe things have calmed down a little bit here in the ACC but where do you stand on on everything that's gone on the last month in college football and Clemson's place in it
2: well one if you believe the legal ease, we're done for about 22 months at least before anybody can leave uh the Atlantic Coast Conference because obviously now August the 15th of next year it becomes the next day but, uh, that you have to announce if you're going to leave leave the league. but So it puts a 22-month uh, window that is out there, although I'm not a big believer in that. I think there are probably, you know, no one has found that a legal way yet to get out of this grant of rights thing that is, um, you know, kind of keeping the ACC hostage, for lack of a better term. But I, I'm a believer, Toby, that, you know, as as much chaos as we've seen, I think, I think the greatest chaos is still to come. I, I really do. I, I think there's just going to be a tremendous five years from now that what we see, that what we know today is going to be completely different, just, just completely different. I'm, I can easily see – at one time I used to say maybe 60 to 70 teams were going to split off and form their own governance and have competitions in every sport, championships in every sport – uh, as we know it in the NCA currently, I'm not so sure that that number doesn't drop to 42 or 48. To be perfectly honest with you,
0: are Clemson fans happy, or are they antsy to maybe get somewhere eh,
2: else? I think antsy is a good word. Uh, I think that I think that antsy is a good word. I think that they're happy with the leadership that they have here at Clemson, and they feel like the leadership at Clemson is going to have the best interest of Clemson at heart, and and that is indeed the case. And I think they also believe that no matter what happens, that Clemson's going to have a seat uh, at the table. And I believe that. Uh, I think that Clemson is just too much of a, of a national power. And that actually this season can actually help go ingrain that even more. If Clemson can go out and, and have a banner year so that they can you know make it to the playoffs uh, one more time and have been in the playoffs now seven of the nine years where it's been a, a party of four, then – yeah, then, then Clemson has to be uh, at the table when it all comes down to to um, the end of the story.
0: Oh boy, yeah, hey, I don't think there's any doubt about that for sure. Uh, what have you noticed the impact has been from Garrett Riley early on?
2: I think that one of the things is that he has brought in has been a little confidence, a little swagger, if you want to call it that. I don't think there's been any any doubt about that. The other thing is, I think that you know Garrett coming here from from TCU, and this is not a shot at TCU because obviously they played for a national championship uh, last year and <laughs> had just a tremendous football program and actually an athletic department, to be honest with you, more than, you know, for over a decade. But I think that what he has found out coming here to Clemson is that he's got more athletic bodies to work with than he had obviously at TCU or even at SMU, certainly. And and when and particularly along the offensive line, and I think that that's been a, I think to me of all the groups, and you know everybody wants to focus on the wide receivers and the quarterback and the running backs, and I get that chicks dig the long ball, but I think it's been the offensive line that probably has gotten the biggest boost out of Garrett Riley since he has has stepped on 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 this campus, and they are able to do some things because of their athleticism that um, that I don't think we' we've, we've seen him do at either of his previous stops as an offensive coordinator
0: give me your impression of of his offense you know just kind of the, the feeling about him going into the year with with Klubnik now taking over full time
2: well I think that you know the word air raid always comes up when you when you at least it has around here uh, the, the air raid air raid air raid is what you hear everybody talking about but it's it's really not that true. Mike Leach air raid offense, because he's so balanced. I mean, he's going to, he's going to run the football. And at times in some games, he, he may really run the football. You know, he's going to take exactly what the defense is going to give him. Um, now, personally, probably, you know, um, defenses are going to come up to try to take the run away if they can and force Clemson to, to throw the football because of the problems that they've had at wide receiver the last couple of years. Um, but, you know, I, I think that this is, that what he wants is a, is a balanced offense, and he's going to have a quarterback, I think they can absolutely give that to him. You know, it won't shock me to see Klubnick this season, you know, throw for, say, maybe 250 a game. If he can throw for better than two touchdowns a game, he's going to run the football some. He's going to, he's going to run the ball, you know, maybe 500, 600 yards. And if he can put up, say, eight touchdowns on the ground uh, as well, what he does then sets everything else off. Uh, we'll set the running backs off. We'll set the, the wide receivers off. We'll set the tight ends off because, you know, I think that, they, that the quarterback does play a big, big key in what he wants to do offensively.
0: Do you feel like they have found an answer or some answers at wide receiver?
2: I think that there are answers, and I think they have found them. Now it's just a matter of keeping kids healthy and watching them go out and do it. We There's a kid named Adam Randall uh, that is that is here that probably nobody in college football knows right now he he played coming off of an acl injury last season well this kid's six four, two hundred and twenty seven 227 pounds he reminds me a lot of mike williams uh who was here at mm. at, at wide receiver but he can yeah. he's faster than mike now the question becomes is he you know mike williams would take a 50 50 ball and he would turn that into an 80 20 ball maybe even a 90 10 ball because he was one of the best that i've that i've seen in the college game of once that ball hit the air of going and attacking it and saying, that's my ball. Um, and of all the wide receivers that we've had come here through Clemson, I'm not so sure that if if I if you ask me to pick first, that I take Mike. Um, and I think we're seeing some of that even in the NFL as as he uh, has his pro career. But Randall is, is that kind of player, and he has a chance to be a real alpha dog, I think, uh, for Clemson offensively. Obviously, Antonio Williams comes back after a great freshman campaign. Uh, you know, then then after that, we have got to get Bo Collins is a guy that he started the season off tremendously hot last year, and then got hurt. But he's the lone senior that's in that wide receiver room. Cole Turner, who we saw as a as a very young freshman, play the last couple of ball games uh, for Clemson last year, certainly made a splash uh, in that situation. So yes, there are pieces, and and we have three young freshmen that they would like to bring along slower than they have had to in recent years, not just throw them immediately to the dogs and, you know, and watch them run around, but actually give them a little bit of time. A la Justin Ross, you know, Ross, when he was here, Toby, it, I think everybody think that Justin Ross just came right out of the box and was ready to go. That wasn't the case. You go and look at this freshman year. He didn't make an impact until the ACC championship game, the sugar bowl game, or excuse me, the cotton bowl game, Against Notre Dame and then the national championship game, it was those last three games where he made this huge splash. Uh, and you know they would like to see it. I think there are a couple. There are a couple of, of wide receivers that are freshmen that I don't know that they're Justin Ross capable, but they're pretty capable.
0: Well, defensively, you look at Carter and Trotter and Davis and Thomas and Wiggins. Boy, you guys are loaded again, aren't you?
2: Yeah, there's, the defense is going to be should be really really good, particularly right in the middle at at defensive tackle. I mean, they've got, right now, they've got six guys, maybe seven guys uh, that can play. And, you know, that sixth or seventh guy would be starting at a lot of other places. I mean, a lot of other places. Uh, So, and and it starts up front with a row, row, row and Davis uh, that are right there at the two tackles. Xavier Thomas comes back. You know, this is a kid that's been injured a lot the last couple of years. He'll be at defensive end. Justin Maskell is a, is a 50- or 60-year guy that is out there at the other defensive end. So the thing about Maskell, I think that is his advantage, is at the age of, I'm not sure if he's 22 or 23, but there'll be times when he's lining up against guys across from him that are 19 or 20. And, it, you know, that's that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. People don't realize how big of a difference that is, and that is a big, big difference. And he's know, he 260, pretty heady player, so they got some chance. Now they they don't have that depth at defensive end. Mm-hmm maybe, uh, that, that they need. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how West Goodwin goes about piecing together this stuff. And, and uh, the linebacking core you're right, with, with Trotter and Carter and a kid named um, Woodaz, uh, I'm, I'm just telling you, those three guys are about as good as they come in the country.
0: Interesting schedule. Uh, game of the year will be on September 23rd when Florida State comes to town. Of course, you close with the Gamecocks on the road. You got a nice little three-game kick there in uh, October and November, where you go to Miami, to NC State, and Notre Dame comes to town. But right. this opener, this opener on Monday night uh, at Duke, uh, any concerns there? That could be a little tricky.
2: Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. You know, Duke is a Duke is a club that uh, you know they they uh, they did some things last year, and they got a majority. Of what they have 17 starters coming back, including uh, the starter at quarterback who who put up some really good numbers. Uh, Mike Elko has always been a thorn in the side to Coach Sweeney from a from a defensive side of things. You know, going back to when he was at at Wake Forest, and then obviously he was at Texas A and M when we played there, and now he we, now we'll see him at Duke. This is also the fourth straight year that Clemson has opened up on the road away from uh, mm-hmm. away from Death Valley, and they'll do it again next year because next year our opener is in Atlanta against Georgia. So, uh, you know, I think that Coach Sweeney eventually would like to see hey. Can we open a season at home, uh, please? But um, that's obviously not on the drawing board this year, nor nor next year. But he's also a guy that's you know not afraid to go and play games like this. I don't think he's very happy about playing on Labor Day, to be perfectly honest, because it's such a short turnaround uh, when you have to come back and play play the next Saturday. But you know it is what it is, and he'll go play.
0: Monday night, September fourth, seven p.m. It's an ESPN game, Clemson at Duke, and then the Tigers. Off and running from there. Don Munson, play-by-play voice at Clemson. Don, we always appreciate it, bud. Have a great season.
2: Toby, hope we see one another in a, either a semifinal game or a national yeah. championship game, brother, okay? That would be
0: fun. That would be fun. Thanks, Don.
2: It would be a blast. Good. Thanks, buddy. See you, bud. See ya. Uh
0: How about that next year, Teej? Uh You know, we're going to be all a tizzy about year one in the SEC. Got a little Clemson-Georgia season opener in Atlanta. That's
1: spicy. That's Oof. spicy.
0: Clemson at number eight. We'll be back.